to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 265 of the Left Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd, and yes, it is awards night tonight, a very special edition, the fifth annual Lat Traffic Awards show tonight. I am so excited. It's become a tradition on the show to celebrate who you, the listeners, voted for. It's a, gu- a great way to close out the season officially, give some shout outs, highlight some awards, send out some hardware, and just have a great night. And... As well, tonight, going to recap the 2021 Lucky Dog and Lap Down totals. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to close it out with Aaron Studwell. We're just going to hang out. We're going to talk some racing, talk some Michigan football. Uh, so that will be at the end of the show just to have a good time and just talk to somebody on the last uh, last show of the, well, not the year, but of the season officially. So uh, what's been going on? I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Um, I, I got to fill everybody in on what's been going on because I've kind of been uh, MIA the last few weeks. The last show that I did was uh, November 2nd, and it's it's very uncharacteristic for me to go a month without a show and to have such a low profile on social media, which I truly apologize for. Uh, not how I wanted things to play out, but um, so oh, here's why it played out the way it did. So I was out of town for work November 5th through the 10th for a, a work trip there. Uh, so I was actually out of town for championship weekend, but I was able to watch the trucks, the Xfinity race, caught a little bit of the cup race. And if you had been listening to the show, uh, you guys know that my grandpa uh, went into the hospital back in the middle of September. Uh, he was home under hospice for about six weeks or so, and unfortunately passed away on November 9th at uh, almost 91 years old. He would have been 91 in January. Uh, so he actually passed while I was gone on my work trip, literally flew home Wednesday the 10th, went from the airport right to the funeral home. I was back at the funeral home all day on Thursday. Then we had mass in the cemetery on Friday. And then Saturday uh, was the baby shower. So uh, honestly, that week was the most emotional week of my life <laughs> a little bit. And to say that took a toll uh, mentally, uh, physically, emo- all, all those things, um, you know, so I had just had to take a breather, you know what I mean? Uh, and then had to get ready for Thanksgiving. So it, it's been a crazy crazy month. Um, but, uh, to say, uh, you know, I, I will say, I'm glad, you know, he's, he's not suffering anymore. Uh, I'm glad and fortunate to have had him as a major part of my life. Uh, him and I went to a lot of races together, a lot of sporting events together, and it was fortunate to basically live almost around the block from him. So was able to spend a lot of time with him, uh, for the last 10, 15 years, which is incredible. Um, and, and as if it weren't crazy enough, you know, we celebrated the end of his life and then to turn around that same weekend and celebrate uh, a new life and a new family member that will be here in February with the baby shower. Uh, so if you missed that announcement a while back, Lindsay and I are expecting our first child in February right around Daytona. So I'm not sure what that'll do to the start of season six, uh, but I will be here in some capacity that much. I can promise you uh, I'll, I'm going to try to pick back up on social media now that things are slowing down kind of a little bit. Um, 
So, yeah, that, that, that's what's been going on. I hope all you guys are well and, and doing good, getting ready for the holidays. Uh, and, and before I get into everything tonight, I got to say how awesome the Michigan Wolverines whooping ass on Ohio State. Sorry, Matt Tiff. Sorry, Brad Yunker, uh, this past weekend. But I, I'm so pumped. Uh, a few buddies, uh, we called each other Saturday after the game. We're making the drive to Indy this weekend for the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, and, and more on that a little later in the show with Aaron to close things out. Um, so, as I said, tonight the award show officially closes out Season 5 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Next couple weeks, I might be here. I don't know. I can come babble for 20 minutes, uh, maybe do a listener call-in show, maybe see what Sherwin over at the PETM podcast is up to. I don't know. But uh, I'm definitely going to try to do a few shows in December. That's for sure. Um, and again, before I get into things, I keep before I get before I uh, I got to take a minute and I have to highlight some of the accomplishments of the show for this year that I am just so proud of. And oh, a huge thank you to you, the listeners and the followers. Um, I mean, for an amateur podcast to to be, you know, wrapping up season five uh, is, is pretty big, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I can do a podcast. And yes, anybody can. Hell, I'm here. I can prove that. Um, but it really does take a lot of dedication and a lot of work to do this. So just the fact that wrapping up season five of the podcast, uh, growing and, and can't wait to be back for season six. Tonight's show, based on what the average downloads are, tonight's show will put the total downloads over 150,000. Uh, and that's almost 50,000 for this season alone, which is just incredible. The show's almost at 6,000 Twitter followers, over 7,000 followers across all social media platforms, almost 5 million Twitter impressions this year, and almost 19 total million Twitter impressions over five years. It's just absolutely incredible. Tonight is episode 51 for season five. Uh, over 40 individual guests, and most shows had one to two guests per show. Uh, a lot of duplicates. Uh, Jeff Striegel was on five or six times. Dustin Albino was on a handful of times. Um, and all of this would not be possible without your support, without you guys growing the show with me to keep the guests coming and to to make it worth their time to come onto the show uh so for that i am so humbled and and i cannot thank you guys enough for even if you don't listen whether it's a retweet a like whatever the case may be whatever your involvement is with the show thank you so much because without you guys i wouldn't be here so uh, all right, I got more thank yous at the end of the show. So right now, uh, let's recap the Lucky Dog and Lap Down picks from 2021. All right, so throughout the season, over 1,000 submissions this year for Lucky Dog and Lap Down picks combined, which is the most ever since I started keeping track back in 2019. And this segment has been around since season one. Uh, which is which is pretty cool. So, uh, and that said, some other records were broken here too. So we'll get to that in just a minute. So, uh, let's start with number ten for lap down submissions. The racing got a, a good chunk of picks there. Coming in at number nine was Rick Ware Racing with lap down picks. Uh, Ryan Blaney coming in at number eight. Uh, the package coming in at number seven. We got a two-way tie for six between Kyle Busch and Stuart Haas Racing. Kevin Harvick coming in with the fifth most lap down picks. Uh, and Kyle Larson. 
coming in at number four. Must have been those few weekends he didn't win. Uh, number three, top three, is the weather. Uh, number two is going to Denny Hamlin, and the most lap-down picks went to NASCAR. So uh, that's that's crazy there. I love that. I think that's the first time NASCAR took took home the lap-down title, but that's not the title anyone wants to take home. Uh, some funny lap-down submissions throughout the year. Uh, the Detroit Lions, wonder who sent that in. Cleveland Indians, the Detroit Tigers, wonder who sent that in. Uh, this was a good one. Uh, lap down to having to work on a Monday. Guessing that was during a uh, a Monday ran race there. Uh, bumper rules and rookies. Um, can only imagine what that sparked that one there. Uh, all right. Over to the lucky dog picks here coming in at number 10. Kurt Busch got the 10th most lucky dog picks. Uh, coming in at number 9 was Bubba Wallace. Uh, coming in at number 8, two-way tie between Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch. Uh, number 7 is A.J. Allmendinger. And coming in at number 6 is Chase Elliott. Top five, the fans, along with Michael McDowell. McDowell picked up a lot of votes that carried him into the top five with his Daytona 500 win. That's for sure. Uh, number four, or as, uh, yeah, number four is Alex Bowman. Number three was Martin Truex Jr. Number two, the most lucky dog votes went to Hendrick Motorsports. And the winner, no surprise here, Kyle Larson uh, with over 80 submissions this year going to Kyle Larson. That's the most. Last year, Kevin Harvick got the most with 56, so uh, almost 25% more than last year's uh, top lucky dog getter. Um, yeah, so that's that's awesome there. So I love that segment, uh, and as we'll find out here in just a little bit, you guys loved that segment too. Uh, so, all right, those are our recaps from the Lucky Dog uh, picks there. Let's let's get to our first award. What do you guys say? All right, let's kick off the first set of awards tonight. We're gonna highlight who you guys, the listeners, voted for uh, your truck driver of the year, your Xfinity driver of the year, and your cup driver of the year. So we'll start with the truck series with 54% of the vote. Truck driver of the year, according to you, Lat Traffic Nation, goes to John Hunter Nemechek. I mean, no real surprise there, I don't think. I mean, he just a dominating year. So congratulations to John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, but side note, though, big props. Ben Rose winning the truck championship after winning the first two races of the year. Season then gets dominated by John Hunter. And then Ben wins the championship uh, with quite possibly the best post-race championship interview since Brad Keselowski. Uh, so there is that. Uh, all right. Over to the Xfinity Series. Much like the Truck Series, no surprise here in this one. With over 66% of the vote, your Xfinity Driver of the Year is AJ Allmendinger. So, Congratulations, AJ. Uh, and, and how about, got to give some kudos here, Daniel Hemrick. First win in the Xfinity Series comes at the last race of the season to capture the championship. That was a hell of a finish there. Very, very exciting. All right, over to the Cup Series. Uh, this one was a no-brainer. Uh, if you look back, the Truck Series vote was dominated with 54%. 
it went up to 66% in the Xfinity series. And how about this? With 75% of the vote, Lap Traffic Nation, you selected our 2021 NASCAR Cup champion, Kyle Larson, as driver of the year. I am so glad that the dominant team and the dominant driver won the championship. You know, we had some surprises in the truck series and the Xfinity series, if you will, with the dominant cars of the season not winning. Glad we got the payoff and that Larson got the payoff for the uh, championship there. I mean, I, to me, that keeps things that keeps things legit. Uh, you know, to be able to have both a mixture of, you know, winners that dominated the season maybe had a good stretch of playoffs right but then to do both right to dominate the regular season and the playoffs and get the championship uh you know i always look back to the uh, new england patriots undefeated regular season undefeated in the playoffs all the way to the super bowl to then have an eight and eight new york giants uh, you know, put the stop to Tom Brady one year. I still say Tom's owed two more rings, but I digress there. But anyways, that's that's the thing. All you got to do is get there, and, and you got a shot, as we saw in the truck series, as we saw in the Xfinity series. But then there are those times to where you're going to get the dominant team to go out there and, and cap it all off, and we got that the championship, which is pretty cool. So... Uh, there's your Driver of the Year awards. Uh, let's do some fun show ones here. I throw these in every year, which is which is a lot of fun. Uh, I ask you guys what your favorite show segments are. And coming in with over 37% of the vote, you guys voted the race reviews as your favorite part of the show. Granted, I took out the interviews as an option because I'm sure that's everyone's favorite part. Uh, and coming in right behind that, uh, is, is the Lucky Dog segment. So uh, those aren't going anywhere. That much I can promise you, that's for sure. And then I always throw this one in there. Uh, what's, what's everyone's favorite show length? Because uh, season four got a little crazy, I would say, as uh, there were some a lot of two-hour shows, which I get was too much. 47% uh, of you said 45 to 60 minutes is good. 23% of you said 60 to 75 minutes. And then 23 said, give me all you got. I think I kept it in reason this season, which I really tried to do. Kept most shows under 90 minutes, which, which definitely seems to be the sweet spot. Uh, there were a few that went a little over, but uh, 90 seems, seems to be the good one. And then another fun one is is how many bonus shows? 48% of you said once a month for a bonus show. Good portion of you said give me all you got. This year was a, a lot different than years past. Had some unique bonus shows early in the year with uh, Landon Castle, Parker Kligerman with the E-Racer series. Uh, and then also Dustin Albino with jsky.com did some bonus shows with them throughout the season, which added a nice touch. So, you know, we'll, we'll try to keep it as fresh as possible. Um, so another thing that was really cool is you guys, uh, gave some suggestions, got a lot of keep up the great work, uh, and, and those kind of things don't know. It's so good. I love it. Keep it up. Had a blast listening. Thank you for that guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, some suggestions for more giveaways. Got a lot of those. I, I, I've got a ton of stuff to give away. 
I can do giveaways till I'm blue in the face. So you guys want more? I'm happy to give more. Uh, someone suggested to have a movers board for the uh, fantasy, you know, uh, you know, w movers up and down and all that kind of stuff. I can look into doing something like that. Uh, someone wants lots of focus on the next gen car. I can work on that. Um, Someone wants longer interviews if people are willing to give more time. Hey, I, I, uh, I'm appreciative of, of anybody that wants to come on, and I ask them up front how, uh, how long they're willing to give. Sometimes it's, it's, it's crazy because sometimes I'll get reached out. Like MIS will reach out to me and say, hey, uh, the week or two weeks before MIS, I can get you 10 minutes with someone that NASCAR makes available to them. So that's literally like – you know, a, uh, um, a, a, they're calling me and they got another one scheduled 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after. So, you know, that's got to keep that in mind. Some are, you know, Hey, we got 15 minutes. Some are, you know, Hey, how much time, you know, people like Jeff Striegel, he'll give me an hour, you know, and, and someone like Dustin Albino, uh, guys like Matt Tiff, you know, guys that I've actually been able to develop, a relationship with over the last five years, you know, are just so generous with their time. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm good to do whatever anyone's willing to do. That's that's for sure. So uh, thank you guys uh, for voting. I uh, got a few more categories uh, for sure. But uh, right now, uh, let's take a pause and do a little lap traffic social media. I haven't done that in a minute. All right, everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lab Traffic Podcast, YouTube, Lab Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Uh, listen to the show on iTunes, Podbean, your favorite hosting site. You can even tell Alexa to play The Lap Traffic Podcast, and she will. Um, and I mean, hey, you guys have made it this far into the show. You guys have made it this far into the season. Now go tell all of your friends to go follow because... Still 300 or so followers away on Twitter from giving away a piece of Kevin Harvick sheet metal and Chase Elliott's race win 124 diecast from Phoenix doing that at 6,000 followers. So go retweet, go tell your friends to come and follow. Uh, was really hoping to do that before the season ended, but then, like I said, again, life happened and, and uh, kind of had a little hiatus there on Twitter. So Still going to do it at 6,000. Uh, have picked up some new followers. Michael uh, Padilla at Mike Lord 821 from Chicago. Tim Brooks at FM American from New York. Matt Cross at uh, Matt Crow 31714733. And K. Edward Bourne at Kyle underscore Bourne, a uh, writer and teacher from Texas. Welcome to the show, everyone. Go tell your friends. And I'm st I still have. A bunch of stickers and koozies to give away for free. If you want one, all you have to do is go to the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, fill out the contact page with your name and address. I'll send one out to you for free. And there's also the store. Anybody? Hey, it's it's Christmas time. It's it's uh, the day after Cyber Monday. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not big enough to do any type of codes and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, go tell your uh, loved ones to go get you some lap traffic swag. I've got T-shirts, hoodies that feel like you've get, you're getting a hug. Uh, they're, they're that soft uh, on the on the website there. So go check that out as well. So, all right. 
Let's get back to the awards. What do you say we do the 2021 shock and awe moment of the year with 34% of the vote? The shock and awe moment was that Kevin Harvick went winless. Yes, I would agree. Uh, I, I still kept hope. Uh, I kept hope. Uh, you know, I thought maybe we were going to get it at Bristol. Not so much. That's all right. Uh, first winless season for Kevin Harvick since 2009, I believe, because he picked up three wins in 2010 and has picked up at least one win every year since then, with the exception of this past year. So uh, hopefully at least for me and my fellow Harvick fans. We see Kevin Harvick back in victory lane a few times next year. Uh, and speaking of Bristol, race of the year with 44% of the vote. We had the Daytona 500, the Darlington race, the Pocono double, Daytona road course, uh, Bristol night race, Roval, Phoenix. Uh, the winner of the race of the year is going to the Bristol night race. Uh, this is one of my favorite categories on the award show. And what I love is that for the last five years, there have been five different winners. Uh, we've had Martinsville, Chicago, the Roval, Daytona, and now the Bristol night race, which is really, really cool. So uh, congratulations to Bristol. Uh, and then Let's keep things going. Uh, weather personality of the year. Uh, this one was close, obviously, because uh, there were just two uh, options to choose from there. But uh, with 58% of the vote, your winner for the weather personality of the year is going to Mr. Aaron Studwell, who does not know that yet. Uh, and he will be surprised here in just a few minutes when uh, when he calls into the show. So congrats to Aaron for picking up race weather personality of the year. All right. Uh, can we get a drum roll, please, for the uh, last award of the evening? All right, it has closed out the award show the last few years. The guest slash interview of the year for 2021 with over 35% of the vote. No surprise, it is going to Matt Colleg and Chris Rice. Yes, oh, that's so awesome. I love that. Colleg Rison cleaning up with uh, guest of the year and Xfinity driver of the year. And just like the race of the year, this category, too, has had five different winners. Uh, NASCAR Chasm, the Orange Cone, Jeff Striegel, CJ Wooliver, and now Chris Rice and Matt Colleg. Uh, that is so cool. Uh, can't wait to get you guys your uh, hardware for sure. Um, that's so cool. Thank you, everyone, for your votes and all that. Uh, I was going to do two new categories this year because uh, it is year five. I was going to do a Lifetime Achievement Award and a Fan Follower of the Year Award award uh but life as i said got in the way towards the end of the season uh and i would not have been able to promote that the way i would have liked to have done it and i i try not to half-ass shit so uh i will look to debut those two new awards next year so the lifetime achievement award and the fan follower of the year award will uh hopefully make their debuts next year all right so here's what we're going to do now uh like i said that that's the awards for tonight 
And before I get Aaron on, I have to give some special thank yous, as I do every year. First off, Lapped Traffic Nation, thank you for all of the interaction on social media. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the support. Uh, life's up and downs can get to you. You guys help me through it, and I hope I help you guys through it a little bit, uh, as, as uh, Prince would say, through this crazy thing called life. Uh, thank you for following. Thank you for retweeting. Thank you for being supportive. Thank you for getting the show out there, the word out there. You guys are all incredible. Couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Next up, I have to thank my wife. You guys have heard me joke about Lindsay, uh, but she is so supportive of the show. She supports my addiction to the show and the sport. She knows what it means to me and to you guys, and she is behind me and the Lab Traffic Podcast 100%. Uh, I cannot wait to see Lindsay as a mom next year when baby Alden comes. Seven months pregnant. The countdown, the home stretch is on. We're in segment three for sure. I am so proud of her. Cannot wait to see what a badass mom she's going to be. Love her to death. Uh, so huge thanks to Lindsay huge thanks to michigan international speedway you guys are the best i've said it for the last uh now five years uh wouldn't be here without you guys that is for sure um huge shout out to uh scott page dustin albino for their support this year being a part of the bonus shows uh and 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 being willing to get behind an amateur podcast and supporting the lab traffic podcast uh to see the lap traffic podcast on the homepage of jayski.com uh, i literally get goosebumps every time i see it um so that i i mean that may be one of the coolest and proudest accomplishments of the show is is to be a small part of jayski.com which is which is just awesome uh and and huge uh shout out to my boys over at the petm podcast sherwin um and Rusty, love you guys. You're incredible uh, and cannot wait for you guys to get back into the saddle next year for sure. And last but not least, I have to thank all of the guests that were a part of the show this year. CJ Wooliver, Daytona Track President Chip Weil, Landon Castle, Michael McDowell, Jeff Striegel for multiple appearances, Dustin Albino for multiple appearances, Parker Kligerman multiple appearances, uh, Corey LaJoy, Quinn Hoff, David Shieldhouse, Kim Kuhn, Valvoline Racing, Pat DeCola from NASCAR.com, Tyler Riddick, the PETM Podcast, Kevin Nevelin from NASCAR, Grant Enfinger, The Orange Cone, NASCAR Chasm, Freddie the Pizza Man, NASCAR Sammy, Brett Moffat, Mike Bagley, Matt Tift, Spencer Boyd, Michael Carey, Josh Berry, Woody Kane, Carson Hosevar, Nashville Super Speedway, Chris Hacker, Pocono Raceway, Michael Cossey Jr., Rick Brenner, uh, Jim Wise from Firekeepers, Anthony Alfredo, Austin Hill, and uh, special thanks to Chris Rice and Matt Colleg, our guests and interviews of the year. Guys, thank you so much. That is going to do it for this portion of the awards show. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, it. It's literally one of the coolest shows to do all year. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but the show is not done because now... Uh, I'm going to get Aaron Studwell on, and we are just going to shoot the shit for however long we want to do it. So uh, if you're not down for that, uh, feel free to tune out. But uh, if not, let's stick around and uh, let's get Aaron Studwell on the line. 
All right, Lab Traffic Nation. Uh, the show's done. We're just going to have some fun here. Joining me on the line, making his 10th appearance as a guest on the Lab Traffic Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at RaceWeather. It is Dr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. How are you? Go Blue! Hail to the victor's valiant. Go Blue. I'm still stunned after that game. Yes. Oh, my God. So, like... That game was, it, it meant so much to me that I had to go back and cut a new uh, intro song for that because the last one that I've used for a few years, I was just never happy with it. So we had new new uh, victors playing there to bring you on. Uh, tenth time as a guest. We got football to talk about. It's been a month since I've done a show. Lots going on, man. So how have you been? I, I love the enthusiasm. Thank In you. all honesty, it, you're welcome. And I'm going to let you know for the for the uh, listener, I am sick. So if he used, needs to use the drop button on me, it's not because <laughs> I'm it's not because I'm squaring. <laughs> I'm getting all choked up. There you overclept. go. Oh man, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. I went down to Texas. Alex, my son, is actually graduating from Texas A&M next month. He's taking a job in Wisconsin. He'll start that in January, which will be a major climate adjustment for him. Yeah, he did an absolute wonderful job of hosting Thanksgiving. It was great hanging out with him. It was good to be being back in Southeast Texas. Saw friends and business associates in Houston. Thanksgiving and a couple of days around there with him. Um, it was nice to get away. Cool. And that's also where I picked up this wonderful. Little yeah, infection like that, that. That'll happen. That'll happen. <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it was nice to have four days off. Uh, did the whole, you know, bird thing on the smoker, and then Lindsay and I, uh, you know, for years we've gone up to Frankenmuth the day after Thanksgiving, which we did. Uh, however, this time we actually stayed the night up there and got to see frankenmuth at night on the day after thanksgiving and they do a tree lighting thing uh in the words of Lindsay, it was straight out of a lifetime christmas movie they had hot chocolate <laughs> stands like you all you were looking around for like a camera like okay this is this is a scene for something uh and it was absolutely awesome had a great time uh, and now that'll become the new tradition that we're just gonna have to stay because it was so cool and looking forward to it and you guys will make so many memories of stuff like that with your little one and i cannot wait <laughs> yeah because you're thinking i'm thinking about it because she's going to be he or she i'm not sure if you've done did you and i should know this did yes. y'all do a gender reveal we did yes it's a boy uh yunker motorsports brought the car up did a lap around the block with uh some smoke bombs attached to the car for the color exhaust was the gender so yes it's a boy. Oh, i like that um alden alden lee will be here in february very good yes. so we'll wind up getting him a lot of Michelin things yes <laughs> yes he got some for the baby shower uh a couple of weeks ago, which was awesome. Yeah, and you're going to wind up building traditions like that. That just sounds phenomenal. I'm yeah. so happy for you. Well, also, every you. time I tell you, I will say it. I'm really happy for y'all. Thank you. It's uh, very well. It's it's you know we're, we've been married ten years, and this guy's this little guy's going to come out. You know, in year into year eleven, which is really cool. And uh, 
some people lost some bets. There are definitely some people that like, damn, I had 10 plus years on that square at the wedding <laughs> that, uh, you know, just missed the payout on that. Like, <laughs> well, they should have just kept trading futures on those bets. Right. Like, yes, you could, the line have, keeps changing as we keep moving hedged. forward. Should have hedged. <laughs> you lay off that risk. Right. Yep. Oh, it's, you know, speaking of lines, well, oh, we, we got some stuff to get into. So, yes. um, all right, let's let's get right into it. Michigan football finally beating OSU. Um, the the atmosphere of that game was felt through the TV screen. I can only imagine what the atmosphere was like. Uh, that field after. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Where where do you want to start with this thing? Because it was just incredible. I'll start with the snow. Okay. Oh, that really- yes. I'll, of course, I'll start with the snow. Um, I think that really, and you could tell at times, it was actually impacting the field and the grip. And I, I think it played a factor. And it also, it, I think it probably amped up that crowd even more. So because you have a game on Thanksgiving weekend and you have a lot of students who go home. Yeah. I mean, I was an out-of-state student. For different reasons, I stayed. But I, I think just that... Like you said, that atmosphere had to be electric, and then you just make it a snow game, and it's it's cold and it's windy, and all of a sudden this is this this is Michigan. Yes, I and I, I think it's been a minute since we've had a snow game at the big house, and granted, it wasn't blizzard conditions, but it was coming no. down. Like you said, it was just you know it was the perfect scene for everything. I think people felt like. If they were going to get it done, this was the year for it to happen. Things felt right. You know, it was, you know, with with Harbaugh's contract situation, uh, you know, as the year progressed, they just got better and better. Uh, I I mean, it was it was the scene was set perfectly for it. I've seen some quotes talking about they started preparing for this game in March. I believe that. And I think every, every, all the focus, because it just built up, but how many times did we really feel that, are they going to be looking past this team? Are they going to be looking just at Ohio State? And they, and I still haven't, and I still probably won't, watch the Michigan State game, because it just, everything built up, and just the pinnacle of the season had to be this game. And like you said, everything had just come together right. The way the defense was playing, the way the offense had been consistent, but a point I'd made to friends and you and I talked about the one thing they hadn't done this season is real. And at least in conference play played a full 60 minutes of football. I met the, I met the Maryland game in the third quarter. They just kind of, eh, it and not mailed it in, but then you also realize, okay, you've got second and third string players out there playing against Maryland first string, but you you can't let that mental lapse happen at all. And really, it has to be a next man up mentality, and that's what it was at um, the Ohio State game. And you know, neither team had any big injuries during the game. It was just you had your starting twenty two, and everybody else was next man up. And you know, say McCarthy coming in, and, and honestly, 
he's getting big time experience too. And I think it's great for him and the program. Absolutely. You know, with, for, so here's a couple of things for me that I want your opinion on, on things that I was impressed by things. You give me your take on if, if it's something we need to be concerned about. So, uh, it's interesting that we are able to go and play Ohio State, lose the turnover battle and time of possession, but still look like we dominated that game, which we did, in my opinion. In the grand scheme of things, you look at the box score, Michigan dominated that game. During right. the 60 minutes of watching it, you felt like they were there, but you also still had that thing of at any second Ohio State could turn tide and and flip this thing. And we're starting to sound like Newdorf and Purdue fans with this one, Val. <laughs> but it, but, but after, it's true. After 18 years with one win and two, you know, like you know, you you that becomes your new norm of just expecting the flop to happen, especially because we saw it earlier this year against Michigan State, where they're up, look like they got a handle on things, but because they didn't play a full 60 minutes, you know, right. I and I get, you know, the whole, the what was it, college football apologized to Michigan that the refs did blow the call, whatever, which could have impacted that. We could be talking about a 12-0 and Michigan right now. Um, for me, I'm just glad that that loss became irrelevant, that that ended up being a non-factor in terms of the outcome of the season. Um, you know, so for me, you know, I'm not I'm not as bitter about the Michigan State loss anymore. No, and it doesn't it doesn't hang there. And I'll I will I'll, so, yeah, it, it's good we can move past it and good it didn't. Yeah, I'll just more make it a positive. It's good that they actually could hold it together and could play a full 60 minutes. Yeah. Well, and then I look at, you know, uh, this this is what this. So this is where I, I want your take on. So we dominate the rush. We averaged seven point two yards a carry through 41 carries Ohio state 30 attempts for 2.1. So our defense stopped the run. Our offensive line was just a freaking powerhouse and it just created these, these holes for, for a 7.2 average. But my question is, did they do, you know, are, is there still a concern at the quarterback spot in that they only threw the ball 19 times one of those was an interception no touchdown passes uh you know was that just because they could or was there hesitance in that and thankfully we were able to run the ball so effectively where are you at from the ability of our quarterback okay i want to take a step back and because this this game this structure of offense is what harbaugh learned from Schembechler. It is run first. You know we're going to run. We know we're going to run. We're going to make you stop the run. And if we're getting seven yards carry, you're not stopping to run. We're going to run it right down your throat. And because, and you saw it last night in the Washington-Seattle game, you have a team that's able to run like Michigan could against Ohio State and also a lot of other teams this season you're in a position where the defensive line, the starting defensive line for the other team, they're just by the fourth quarter, they're done. Oh, they're beat. They're beat. They're they're they are beat. They're back on their heels. And now, if every offensive in offensive lineman 
their favorite th- thing to do is run block. Any offensive lineman, they want to run block because they would rather take that step forward and push somebody out of the way. Then your first step really kind of have to be almost three quarters up and taking a step backwards. And if you do it wrong, you're off your balance. Sure. Sure. So I, I think you have an, a really good offensive line, which it's hard to say they're underrated, but I think in some aspects they are a bit underrated on a national level because the defensive line is getting their props. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, um, you look at Aiden Hutchinson just going out all beast mode and just kicking ass, and I loved every second of it. And, and to me, it was, again, for me, and this was because it was my era, it was very reminiscent of an 80s Gary Moeller-style defense where the rallying cry was, meet me at the ball. Yeah. You may have – the play may be done, but you still have DBs running towards the play. That – there you have this big team mentality. And I think this Harbaugh finally has a class that is buying in and has the talent to, to maintain it. So talk to me about this, about the defense. Cause I was getting concerned. There were a couple times where Ohio state did take advantage. The, inability and the confusion look almost of them getting set uh you know before the offense snaps the play like uh, that was like they're constantly looking to the sideline and and they're snapping the ball yeah and that, there was a couple plays that they made the the national the fox crew can we just get rid of Jess Johnson <laughs> just 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 mute just bye. Like, <laughs> like, it's been nice. Go do State Farm commercials. I can mute those. Right. Um, it, I, yes, it's a huge concern. Um, and I don't know how you get around it. It's, it's, I know they kind of explained it during the broadcast, but it's like that the defense is almost so confusing or that there are no simple calls. Right. That every call is going to be complex coming in from the sidelines. So, yes, there are going to be times on a very organized team, and I'll tell you what, um, I was going to be ready for that. Right, because that was exposed on Saturday. That, that was exposed. Like, I mean, I, I have, I mean, 12 games, I've, I've, I, I mean, except for being out of town, you know, I, I've watched 11 of these games, and right. that was the most exposed. I've seen the defense from a play call and getting ready at the line. Uh, and Ohio State will do that. They're that good of a football team, you know. So uh, for me, I'm a little concerned about that. Um, but uh, uh, the fact, though, that they were able to withstand and still come away with the W and only a two yards rush against, I mean, they obviously, you know, have it tiled in. So Right. And, yeah, I – Somebody like Ference is going to try to take advantage of it. I don't think – I know they've had a lot of questions uh, at quarterback and a lot of their skill positions there have had injuries and their questions. So I don't think – Iowa has the coaching to kind of expose that. I'm not sure they have the talent to expose that. Sure. I, I, I'm with you there hundred percent. Uh, and maybe they coach one more. Th- uh, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they figure out how to, from a coaching standpoint, to not let that happen. Yes. Well, that's the thing. You know, if you don't have the talent to, to combat it, do you have the coaching to expose it to where that 
ends up falling into their lap, so to speak. Well, you, you can always coach them to beat it, to try to beat it. But if they don't have the athletes to beat it, but you still want to coach them. Yes. To take advantage of those opportunities. Yes. I want to go back a segment here real quick. Um, I don't have too many concerns about McNamara. Okay. Oh, yes. Under, yes. Under, not, I say under center because they're so rarely under center. Um, <laughs> taking, taking the snap. Um, I think in – I've seen this – you know, we've, we've been around football for decades, so you always see the term thrown around game manager. It's not a negative. It shouldn't be looked at as a negative because if you get a quarterback and go in there, read the defense, know the plays to call, execute the plays, and then you don't need to put them into a situation where they have to be the hero. If I need Cade McNamara to go in and be the hero because we're down by 10 with six minutes left, I'm not getting a warm fuzzy. But if I put him in as a starter and saying go out and win, I think he's the quarterback I can do that with. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I'm with you there. Uh, what, what do you think about, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on his name just because he's been out since week one. He was supposed to be our go-to wide receiver, uh, that went down. Uh, Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell. Yes. Uh, you know, if, if we look into the future, um, you know, we're getting to that point to where, he could be ready to return from a number of weeks for the recovery from the injury that he had. Do you maybe see him back out on the field? Uh, maybe not this weekend, but uh, a few weeks from now. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm not that not being that kind of doctor. Um, I don't know. I, I I would love to see him be out there, be part of the offense. But if he can safely return and then practice as well. Um, I think it'd be a great addition to the offense if we're going to play, if, you know, we're going to, okay, we're going to say if we win against Iowa, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a great part of the offense, especially if getting, you're going to have now three weeks. So say they win Saturday, they find out Sunday where they're going to go. They start practicing on the breakdown film. They'll probably give him Sunday off. They'll break down film on Monday and then start practicing. You know you're going to play. And, you know, if things go chalk, you're probably going to play Cincinnati. Yeah. It's a good opportunity. to. You, that way, Bell has three weeks to get back on the field. And, again, me, I don't know his current status. But, yet you get him integrated into a system, and he's already worked with McNamara before. It's not like you have a new starting quarterback in there either. Yep. So they know each other. And, you know, this expectation we had of him for a great season, maybe we see it in the playoffs. Sure. I mean, that would be at least a – even if he's not used to full potential, but even like a decoy, like, uh, you know, our, our rotating quarterback situation that we have every once in a while. Like, you know, is he going to run? We know he can throw, you know, so you can't just assume it's one or the other. And, uh, you know, like I said, at least – you know, even if you threw him out there for ten snaps, you know, that 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 keeps the defense on the heels a little bit to create a, a misdirection or, or something along those lines. Yeah, you could see him. Yeah, I may not want to use him in a reverse setting, but you could use definitely use him as a decoy or I you put him in. Honestly, my my comfort level might for him might initially be is to put him in a slot. Yeah. Yeah, slot, little curl, something like that. Just uh, yeah. just throw them out there. Um, all right, so we have to address 
uh, the fact that we were both a little off on our on our uh, picks preseason going into this season, uh, and and me more than you even because I was. I was very concerned about this year in terms of we had to go into Wisconsin, who preseason early in the season was, you know, ranked in the top 15. We were going to Penn State, who early in the season was ranked in the top 15, top 20. Uh, We were going to MSU, which even though they weren't ranked, they became ranked top 10 even, uh, you know, and, and just knowing that that's always, you know, a scrappy backyard type of game plus OSU. Like we had four very difficult games that we were going on the road for three of them. You know, we we've seen, right. This is years. Year, oh, you're good. Year seven of Harbaugh and, and the six years have been very reminiscent, repetitive of each other. Like, you know, me going into the season, I, I was not confident and I'm happy to report that I was dead ass wrong. Um, you know, but, you know, I wonder, though, did it take a, a you know, we're going to give you a restructure, but we're cutting your salary. We're cutting this. It's all going to be performance based, you know, a, a restructure from a defensive coach perspective, an offensive coach perspective like you know, I think that's the shakeup that we needed for this year, and it it looks to have paid off a little bit. Well, the one thing, and I, I don't know Jim all that well. We know who each other are, but I'm going to say that I don't think a, a contract restructure was going to make him work any harder or any smarter. Okay, that's I, fair. I, 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 but I, what I do agree on was the necessity to come up with a new defensive coordinator. Yep. Don, Don, Don Brown, Brown out was not going to cut it. No, 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 he wasn't. And, um, I, I, I will say, you know, when he came in, yeah. Okay. He's got a good track record. I didn't really know a lot about him. Um, but he had to go. I don't, I think either there's something wrong on the defensive side of the ball then that he, he may, is just maybe an energy thing. Yeah, um, I think he, you know, I think Harbaugh may have just we're going to emphasize the run. This is, you know, it's hard to say 20, 2020 in my mind almost doesn't exist from a college football standpoint. Yeah. That's not to diminish. I don't even remember who national champ Alabama. No, who's not Clemson Clemson. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But I mean, so, you know, you've got. You know, you, you've got McDonald, you know, who, I mean, he has just done incredible things with this defense. Uh, for me, Gaddis, on the offensive side of things, I am I'm, I'm still a little hesitant on that. But uh, I also wonder, too, how much of an influence uh, Harbaugh has on Gaddis from a play-calling perspective. I think, here, I, I think what Harbaugh may set is the tone and the tendencies. This is because they'll script out the first 15 plays of a game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it may be somewhere you're looking at 10, 10 run to five pass or even 11 to four where you may, the individual play calls are going to come from Gaddis. He's going to be the one communicating. He's going to be the one with a piece of paper in front of his mouth. But really, the tone of how the offense is going to play is really, I th- really, I think it has to come from Harbaugh. Oh yeah, I, I would have to think so. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's no way around it. Harbaugh, 
Harbaugh comes off to me as a control freak, you know. So yeah. you, to me, you got to think he's still got a little little bug in the ear there with with him as as to the play calling a little bit. So. Well, yeah, and uh, he may have, like I said, he, he's going to definitely set the tone. He's going to say, "Hey, this is how we want to do things. This is what our personalities. This is what our personality is going to be as a team." Yes, is what we said earlier. Is we're going to run it down your throat. You know, we're going to run try to stop us right and if yes. you stop us you know we got we got other things we can do and that's a good problem to have is to yes. be able to be cocky enough because we've done it to say hey uh, hey here's like you said it's no secret here's the cards we've got aces in the hole uh we're running the ball and what are you going to do about it and, and it's it's forcing their defense to call the bluff and, and the other side of it is and it goes back to we were talking about the passing game you know, when you when you throw a pass, only one there's only one good result out of three things that could happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's either it's, it could be it could be incomplete. Yeah. So I'm stopping the clock and didn't go anywhere. Right. It could be intercepted. Okay, that's really bad. Yeah. Okay, I have a completion. Right. So if you've got a quarterback, you say, let's just say for saying, okay, we're going to have these, we're going to have a short passing game. We're not going to put a lot of pressure on you, but you're still the team leader and we're looking to you. And I think I really, from the outside looking in, I really want, I really think McNamara is a leader on that team. Yes, uh, I, he definitely has that poise. There's no doubt about that. And that's, that's that confidence level you want in your quarterback. I just, I, I, and we've seen brilliance from him throughout the year to yeah. where he will freaking drop a 30-yard pass on a dime and, and, and it's golden. But then we've also seen some, like, dude, what the hell type moments out of him too. But um, I, 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 it's definitely improved over the season. There's no doubt. About I, would have guessed, I would have guessed a higher number than this. How many interceptions do you think he's thrown this season? Two. Well, that's good. I I would have guessed maybe I would have guessed he's thrown three. Oh, three. But okay. yeah, no, but yeah, but it's you, you have that impression of him as like, yeah, he's gonna throw it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he does tell he is a college quarterback. He can he shoot even pro quarterbacks. Uh, Wilson did it last night. Telegraphed his throw. Yeah, you you know when it's coming. Sometimes yeah, you know, like yeah, you just walk in. A, I saw that at the Maryland game. It's like you, you, he walks it down the receiver. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, All right. Let's transition to this coming weekend, Iowa. Have you, all right. Have you looked at the opening lines on the game? Yes. Okay. It was, it was, it was, uh, can I, it was 10. It's up to 10 and a half. Is, Is that right? Yes. So 10 and a half. But here is where I am just flabbergasted to where it just looks so much like easy money. The over-under on the game is 43-and-a-half. Yep. And I'm like, um, we just put up 42 on Ohio State. I'm leaning towards this is going to be a home field advantage game for Michigan. Um, I mean, I get that Iowa maybe, you know, they got a week to review film to see where they can expose Michigan, but I just, I mean, and I'm not saying Ohio State or Iowa's not going to score – I just don't see how or where they're coming up with 43 and a half. Like, cause okay. to me, that seems like easy money. Okay. I'm looking at the ESPN prediction right now, the team rankings. They actually have the total at 45. Okay. 
So, yeah, I would tend, you know, exactly. And it's like Michigan's point per game, 37. Do we really think Iowa's going to keep them under under 30? That That's where I would be at. Right. So you're really saying is it's going to, is it going to be 30 to 14? I mean. Or lower. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see how. Like, I'm, I am, and I'm even going to look at, uh, I didn't look today, but yesterday they didn't have the half uh, spreads out yet, you know, so I would imagine the first half is going to be somewhere around the 21, 22. Like, I mean, I am going to seriously be looking at an investment into the over-under for the first half in the game on this one because, one, I'm going to be there. Like, so I want this thing to be awesome. Like, I cannot wait. Uh, It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Um, Leaving Saturday late morning to make the drive down to Indy, which is about four and a half hours. Right. Uh, Me and a buddy are driving down, and another buddy's driving in from Chicago, uh we are funny story so uh we joked about it last week like oh if they win hey we should go to indy ha ha okay uh then shit got real and (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great i picked up the phone i'm like dude are we going to Indy? Yeah, let's do it. So I, I I went on StubHub, and literally I'm talking to him on the phone, and I'm like, oh, we can get these seats. right. And then literally the prices were changing like by the second, uh, which fine, whatever. But then it became a matter. We, we got our tickets, and then it was like, all right, now we got to find a place to stay. And my one buddy was like, oh, I got the Marriott right across the street. Nope, no, I don't. And so we're just calling and it's like, we'll call back. Maybe some Ohio state fans are going to release their room for the night. No, like, you know what? They're holding on to them. I believe just it. Despite, just despite. I believe the it. Michigan people are read that the Ohio state people are holding on to them. So here, so we found two miles from the stadium, three dudes are staying at a bed and breakfast with a bed, a couch and an air mattress. But the, the cool thing is, was that it was a very reasonable price, 170 for the night versus the 450 bucks some of the hotels were trying to get. So I'm like, well, that helped absorb the higher ticket price that we we ended up getting it at. So, um, and then we're gonna drive back Sunday morning because uh, a couple buddies are throwing me a diaper party, uh, and so that was Sunday, and I didn't want to have to cancel that. So. Thankfully, I've got Monday off, and uh, oh, there you go. I'm, I am looking forward to this weekend and taking the over and the spread on Michigan. So uh, I did flip through uh, the other. I want to say major conference championship games. Yes, of the of the five, it is the lowest of uh, lowest total. Right, like the next closest is the Baylor Oklahoma State at forty six and a half. And then we have Pitt Wake Forest. You want to take a guess at that one? 64. 72 and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's just going to be that that's, I, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's a I'm looking that that's the that's the only night game, I think. Where when's the Don't tell me the Georgia Alabama's opposite the Really? I'm looking at this. The George Alabama's at oh, oh Michigan's night. Okay. Michigan's night. Yeah, it's uh, eight okay. o'clock game, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're going to put that opposite George Alabama. Yeah. Uh, 
That's going to be an interesting one, too. Yes. So is it safe to assume that your uh, your pick is Michigan on Saturday? Uh, I'd say Michigan, yes. Cover, yes. Over, yes. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with all of those things for sure. Um, sir, uh, I, I, we, we can start to wrap this up. Uh, I would like to congratulate you on your weather personality of the year award sir uh the the rubber match was set you and newdorf each with a win apiece this was the last year and uh you you took it home sir so congratulations you got some hardware coming your way Thank you so much, but yes. I had no idea there was even a vote. I know. How see, did, how did this escape me? So, well, part of it was Thank just you. because of a uh, a little lack of promotion on on my end uh, w- with all of that, just because of life getting in the way a little bit. But uh, oh, understood. Yes, no. The uh, it was still a good chunk of votes came in this year, which is awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so to close it out, the the rubber match there, sir, uh, you, you taking it home, and the trophy this year is badass. So uh, I'm oh, excited sweet. to get that out to you. Yeah. And the obligatory speech. Thank you to all my supporters. And honestly, and we we've texted a lot more this season. It seems like Brian, uh, Brandon, and I are just really great friends. And I don't know where I'd be without them. So thank you. Brian, if you're listening or if you listen, Brandon, listening. I know, I know, but I still had to say it. I still had to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but thank you for your friendship. Thank of you for the opportunity course. to do this. Yes. This is just I, I can't believe this is my 10th guest appearance. Yes. Guest appearance. Uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even pretend to tell you the total at oh. uh, times. Uh, I mean, I know there was the one year you did it all yourself. Uh, then you had the rotation. Then there was, you know, I would say you're probably knowing that this is show 265. I would have to think you're pushing close to the hundred, if not there already in terms of. Yeah, I, I would have. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if I would have figured somewhere in the 80s. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I don't because I didn't start year one with you. No, no, it was uh, year two. You tier, you did it all uh, on your own that year, which each year is anywhere between 50 to 60 shows. That's you right. know, so, uh, you know, 36 race weekends plus some, you know. Uh, you crazy know, stuff like this races and stuff yeah. like this yeah so i would have um, to say you're, you're you got to be close to the 100 mark um you know i uh i i don't know i could go back and figure out that, that either, number, no no but, I, uh, I, I i would i would suggest spending your time on other things <laughs> more useful yes uh and a reminder and we'd actually talked about this before do you want to get this point out this will be the first time i do watch the college football playoff show yes, live yes we got year. about 90 minutes before that yes, happens we do. the show will be posted uh here oh, within the uh next half hour or so but uh before i let you go uh holidays man uh christmas new year's what do you got going on new year's i don't know i believe i'll be back in maryland um christmas i'll be in central kentucky near lexington i have not spent christmas with my mom sister and brother-in-law maybe 2017 i think just with the move moves travel covid yeah um i i was blessed and i did get a chance to see her twice or 
you know, two times earlier this year, once when a client was racing in mid Ohio, then another one when I was moving from Oklahoma out East. Um, but she is, I know she won't listen. So I'll phrase it like this. <laughs> she has begged me to cool. come back. Awesome. And then she's been pretty much like, you're coming for Christmas, right? I'm like, yeah, I told you I booked my flight. Well, I'm just making sure. Nice. <laughs> not, back, not backing out in your mom. Right. Promise. Good deal. Good deal. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're, uh, we normally do. Well, we've got a, uh, um, Lindsay's got a group of college girlfriends, uh, that we get together with, you know, spouses, kids, all that. We, we try to do it once a quarter. We rotate everybody's house. Uh, we get Christmas, obviously, based on uh, the, the Griswold style decorating and stuff like that that we do. Uh, we did a, That's another reason to have those cameras like you wanted up at uh, Frankenmuth. Absolutely. Yes. We uh, we went, you know, we you know, it's there's like five kids, whatever, you know, all under 10. And uh, we if if shameless plug to cameo if if you're not familiar with it it's a place to go and you know you can pay x amount of dollars for you know celebrity private messages and stuff well there are some santa clauses on there so it was like 40 bucks and we there's this santa claus that just did an amazing job and he custom a video for all the kids their names their activities all that so we're gonna play that for the kids on the Friendsgiving thing that we do uh, in a couple weeks, which is cool. And then Lindsay and I, we host Christmas for our family, which will be about 30 people or so. And uh, we've got the Of week course off. you do, Clark. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but it's fun. like, you know, we've got Lindsay and I each have the week of uh, between Christmas and New Year's off. And she's going to be almost eight months pregnant at that point in right. time. And I've got. 12 trees to take down like i told i'm like you're gonna be fairly useless at that point in time which is totally fine i'm like but you know and realistically speaking you know he could make his appearance anytime in january like i don't want to have a newborn in the house and still having to worry about taking down christmas decorations so well then you have to adopt the chris knight aaron studwell model what's that just leave it up oh yeah no 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 can't do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I need to have my house back in order. So uh, I, the week of Christmas and New Year's, I'm going to be taking down Christmas and, uh, you know, getting that all put back. So it's not going to be that relaxing, but uh, it, at least it'll be done going into the new year and and all that. And uh, we'll be – we hang out here on New Year's. We uh, – as, as busy as we are and as much stuff as we do, like – the first year Lindsay and I dated, we we did like the big New Year's thing, and ever since then it's been low key. Maybe a couple neighbors will come over, or something like that. But uh, you know, uh, and that's fine. I'm I'm all good with keeping that low key. So I'm all about it. Well, yeah, okay. So you keep celebration low key, but the decorations are high key. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are. They uh, are we embrace that. I, I I loved you as a brother before that, knowing that. I love you more as a brother now. Appreciate Absolutely you. Absolutely love it. Right you back know, at appreciate you. Appreciate you too. I love it. I love it. Uh, all righty, man. Well, uh, listen, this was a lot of fun just to kind of hang out and not worry about what we had to talk about and just 
we knew we were going to be talking Michigan, which was awesome. Um, we'll uh, look forward to touching base with you here over the next week or so just to catch up. Uh, but uh, from a on-air perspective, man, I hope you have a great Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. Hope you feel better, yeah. too, by the way. Thank so, you. Um, me, too. Yes. But, yeah, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all, to you, to Lindsay, uh, to all, all the listeners, all the support. And honestly, and I think there's probably some overlap here. You and Brian ran a GoFundMe to help me with my rent, and it really helped. So, excellent. If, you know, thank you for everything you did and Brian did. And I know he's not listening, but in the listeners. <laughs> of course, man. Well, listen, cannot wait for uh, 2022 NASCAR, 2022 lap traffic season six next year. Can't wait. Uh, thank you for all of the support. It's, it's been a fun ride and, and glad to have you a part of it. Lap Traffic Nation, make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at RaceWeather along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Sir, great to talk to you. Had a blast. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon and get some hardware out your way, man. Sounds good. I'll be texting you in about 90 minutes about the uh, college football playoff. Yes, sir. All right, man. We'll talk Take to you care, later. my friend. We'll see you. Later. Bye. Bye. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 265 of the Lap Traffic Podcast and tonight's award show. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Like on Facebook, the Lap Traffic Podcast. Follow on Twitter, at Lap Traffic PC. Subscribe, download, review the show, iTunes, Podbean, all that good stuff. Thank you again, Lap Traffic Nation. I hope you all have a great holiday season, a happy new year. Stay tuned to social media for updates on the show, next year's Fantasy League. Enjoy some best of shows, all that good stuff. And I'll be around. I'll get some stuff out there. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya.